You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our service tonight. If you're joining us for the first time and you've deliberately looked for us, or if you've just stumbled across us having searched YouTube for the real Northern Lights, or you were even just looking for the best auditions for Britain Cup talent, thank you for joining us. We are Northern Lights, a part of the Metropolitan Community Church, which is an international community that celebrates the inclusive love of God for everyone. So whatever your gender, sexuality, whatever your race, colour, whatever your faith, you will welcome. Believe it or not, it's been nearly a year since I joined you as pastor. One of the first things I asked us to do as a community was to celebrate a year of renewal. A time to invite the Holy Spirit to bless our church family, to rejoice and give thanks for the many ministries we have, but also to invite everyone to be open to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to pray and to listen to the call of the Holy Spirit to serve our brothers, sisters and siblings. We've heard over the last few weeks how the Holy Spirit guides the early church and enriches it. Tonight we see that it wasn't all plain sailing. Early communities had to deal with xenophobia, racism, gender inequality, and divisions between rich and poor. You could say some things have never changed. In our first reading, read by Alice, we hear St Paul ask the rich of the community in Corinth to support the poor. And in our second reading, led by Lily, we're presented with two miracles of healing. One, a woman ostracised from her community healed by the depth of her faith. And then the second, a little girl, Jesus raises from the dead. But the miracle happens because of the love and the compassion of Jesus, which makes up for the lack of faith from her family and friends. Despite the difficulties in the early church, it continued to thrive because of the genuine love they shared for God and for one another and they became a beacon of hope to others, Gentiles and Jews alike. It's love that is at the heart of service. Love that is at the heart of ministry. Let us pray. Creator God, Father, Mother, you call us to the fullness of life in you a life of love, of loving you, and loving our brothers and sisters. Touch our hearts and move us with the same compassion your Son showed to the poor, the sick, to the outcast, and to the lost. May we see the face of your Son in those who most need our understanding and support. Renew us in the power of your Holy Spirit that we may fiercely defend those who have no voice. 
like a flowing river. Let your spirit flow through our church so that our worship may praise you and celebrate the ministry of love you have called each of us to. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The New Testament reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. You do so well in so many things. You trust God, you're articulate, you're insightful, you're passionate, you love us. Now do your best in this too. I'm not trying to order you around against your will, but by bringing in the Macedonians' enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love, I'm hoping to bring the best out of you. You are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ. Rich as he was, he gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. So here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year and not, less, not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's been in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. This isn't so others can take it easy whilst you sweat it out. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. You're surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. In the end, you come out even. As it is written, nothing left over to the one with the most and nothing lacking to the one with the least. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. This is a reading from Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 to 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him whilst he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders, named Jairus, came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak, because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realised that the power had gone out of it from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house. Some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, they say, said. Why bother the teacher any more? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all the commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kuru, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately, the girl stood up and began walking around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished. He gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Instead of a sermon, I wanted to try something very, very different. And it is uh, simply an opportunity to listen to people sharing their experience of ministry in Northern Lights, what it's what led them to ministry and what they receive in sharing that ministry with us. I thought it might be nice if I started um, and I wanted to talk about the ministry of pastoral care. You know we have a pastoral care team, but as pastor as well, I've been uniquely privileged um, throughout my whole ministry to be there with people at the most difficult times of their lives and often the most precious times of their lives. And I think what makes it so special is that with the people that we love, it's reciprocal. We give and we receive love. But there's something about going out and loving someone with no expectations, not wanting them or expecting them to give anything back. They are weak, vulnerable, frightened. And that privilege to be able to hold the hand, support them, reassure them. And sometimes you go and you don't know how to respond. You don't know what to say. And I'm reminded that in scripture, we're told have faith, that God will speak through us. And that has been so true in my life. 
many occasions where I've been with someone and not knowing what to say, what to do. And then suddenly there's been just a prompting, an idea or something that I've said or done, even without me knowing it. And it's only afterwards that I've looked back and just felt that it was the Holy Spirit guiding and prompting. It is truly one of the most beautiful, humbling and greatest privileges to be able to do. To be able to walk alongside of people as they journey in faith. And I constantly thank God for it. Hi, I'm Kelly and I'm part of the Welcome Ministry. So welcome everyone. Some people who visit or attend Northern Lights MCC have at some time or another sadly faced persecution or prejudice because of their race, their gender identity, their sexuality, disability or some other form of social injustice. Throughout their lives they've experienced being made to feel unwelcome, excluded or judged. And that's not what Jesus is all about. From the minute you walk through our doors, we want you to simply be yourself and to feel the unconditional love of God that's for you and for me. God's doors are open to everyone. To welcome as Christ welcomed is to love our neighbour, to love one another. An act of kindness, however small, is like a stone that's thrown into a river, it creates a ripple effect and it just keeps on going. So I'm so humbled to be able to play a part, to welcome every person from every and any background, to become a part of a wonderfully unique and diverse and safe church family. And share the good news that everyone is loved and everyone belongs maybe just at that time that they really need to hear it. So I quote from Romans, Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Hi everyone. I've been asked to talk a little bit about uh, the music ministry at church. Music and singing is a universal language. People all over the world join in together uh, singing, whatever their religion, whatever their tribe. You see singing at football matches. Um, you see it in trains on the way home at the end of an evening. I think there's a, a ritual on the last train from Glasgow to Edinburgh that everyone sings on the last train. Singing brings people together. It marks them out as belonging. I think about um, the Lapton Worm, the Bladen Races, and so on. Parents sing to their children. Um, lovers sing songs to each other sometimes, um, but certainly songwriters write about love all of the time. It's part of the general revelation I sometimes talk about. There's something inside uh, that is reaching beyond our own limits and our own soul. And it's, uh, it's universal. It's something that all um, humans have in common. Of course, we sing songs at church um, about the specific revelation of uh, God to us in in Christ. Songs bring us together. They help our spirits commune with God and with God's spirit. You may notice that we change some of the words to our songs as we seek to express 
our liberation theology and to ensure that everyone is welcome at church. You'll notice that our songs are from different traditions, so that everyone feels able to commune with, with God. Singing and music bring us together. Uh, they raise our spirits and they help us use words to express our love and our prayers to God. So in this year of renewal, get practicing on that old banjo or the didgeridoo that you found um, uh, ready for when we return um, back to normal-ish. Thanks. While growing up, the Bible was not accessible to me. It was a book read by men in grey suits. Definitely not a book that was read by women in Smash the Patriarchy t-shirts. It, it instructed unwaveringly, uh, but it also criticised and condemned and stifled. I lived by it, but I didn't find it personal or relatable and I definitely didn't find it comforting. I've since learned to read the Bible with a compassionate eye and to see it as a loving guide and a hopeful message. When I first read the Bible for a church service at Northern Lights, I stumbled my way through the verses. My heart was pounding. Um, my voice was a quake and I looked on the faces of the people in the seats and I didn't see any judgment. I saw smiles, I saw fellowship and I saw support. I've got my own Bible now and um, it's the first time I've had a Bible in nearly 20 years in my hands. During my ministry of reading at Northern Lights, I've learned a couple of things, I think. Firstly, I'm not really awful at public speaking as long as I've got a little bit of practice. Um, but more importantly, I've learned that the words of the Bible are for me. They're not just for our lovely pastor. They're not just for vicars and priests. They're not for brotherhoods only. They're not just for the perfect Christian who never wavers in their faith and who never needs to pray to do better next time. These words are for me. Imperfect, seeking, questioning, unorthodox, still for me. And they're also for everyone else. So when I share the words of God with my church family in my ministry as reader, I feel like I'm sharing the acceptance and the love and the hope that I find in the pages of the Bible. And for me, that's what church is all about. Hello. My preaching ministry sort of crept up on me, which I have since discovered is often the way God has of attracting us to something that God wants us to do. I was studying theology in Canterbury in Kent in 1990, and one of the modules was sermon writing. 
and towards the end of the course we each of us had to write and deliver a sermon to our classmates. I agonised over it and in a dreadful state of anxiety I delivered it and to my great surprise it went down rather well. Since then I've been asked to write and deliver dozens of sermons but also including uh, sermons for publication uh, so that other people can deliver the sermons. So that extends the ministry that God called me to so long ago. As it is God who I want to guide my thoughts and words, I begin preparing to preach around two weeks before the date. This allows me time to pray about it, to read what wiser people than I have to say about the text on which I'm preaching, until I arrive at enough material in order to fashion uh, into a coherent uh, message for my listeners, my congregation. I'm not a biblical literalist, that is, I don't believe that every single word in the Bible is the unequivocal word of God. If the word of God is to be alive and active in our own time, in our own lives now, then it has to be interpreted for this age just as Jesus interpreted the Hebrew scriptures in his time and for his age. To break open the word is as important to me as breaking the bread at communion, because both can bring Jesus to life in a new way each and every time we preach or we celebrate communion. It's an utmost privilege to be given the words to speak in front of people who yearn for God's love. My enduring hope is that through the words given to me, someone will discover that the Lord of life is speaking to their own heart, directly to their hearts, that they come to know God better, to pray more deeply, and to desire to serve God and God's people even more completely. One of my favourite replies when people ask me why I do what I do is this. Because God has called me. Because I am here and ready to do God's will. And the time is now. Hi, my name is Troy and I am the sacristan for Northern Lights MCC. First of all, my duties are to... Um, set the altar table up with the correct coloured um, cloths and uh, put the correct items on the correct, in the correct places on the altar table. Then once that is done I take the chalices and patterns and um, the other little round things which sit on top of the um, chalices with the bread in if you don't know what a pattern is. I have to work out how much bread we are going to need and um, how much wine is to go in each um, chalice. Now, uh, the chalices, the wine should be the colour of God's blood. And so there is very little water and very little wine goes into each chalice. They are then placed on a table at the back of the church until they are required 
at the, at the correct moment in the service. And um, after that, after those tasks are done, I um, ask people who feel that they are confident enough and want to um, carry the chalices and patterns to the front of the um, service, to the front of the uh, church at the right point in the service. That is um, basically what my jobs are, as well as trimming trimming the candles and uh, ensuring that um, everything stays right. Uh, I take my job very seriously and I dress smartly uh, for each service and um, ensure to ensure that um, everyone knows who I am. That's um, the rule of the sacristan. I hope you enjoyed listening to me. Goodbye. I've been asked tonight just to share a little bit about what it means to me to have been called to the board. And it is a calling, but it's not a calling for writing policies and procedures. It's not a calling for being good with numbers, for keeping an eye on our finances. It's a calling for me very much about providing a place, a community where people can grow. People can grow in their faith where they can learn more about what it means that God loves us, where they can learn to be free in who they are, where they can learn what their gifts are, what their passions are, where you can learn that you're musically talented and that's a gift God's given you and you can use that in leading our worship, whether that be as part of the worship team on a Sunday night or in other services during the week. It's about people finding that they've got a gift for leading us in prayer or leading us around the Lord's table by leading us in communion. There are many people who have a real gift for that and they share it with us. We see them grow in confidence and in love, in love for us, but more importantly for me, in love for God, in finding where they belong. It's about looking at the whole community and giving people an option, an opportunity to develop their own gifts, to find what they can give back. That might even be about people finding their gifts and leaving leaving to go and use those gifts in the world. Maybe you have a gift for fighting for injustice. Maybe that will take you elsewhere. That's fine. If you're acting in what you're passionate about, in the gifts God's given you, then that's fine. That's what you should be doing. For me, it's about loving and caring for the community so that people have that opportunity to find them themselves and their whole selves. It's about quietly getting on with things behind the scenes so that you 
can find out who you are and have that opportunity to do that. Yes, it's about leading and guiding, but it's a much more than that. It's about giving you a chance to be who you are. It's about the joy of seeing a message on WhatsApp for somebody who's been following us on our services on a Sunday evening that have brought him back to faith. If COVID's done one thing and it's just done one thing and brought one person back to God, it's been well worth it. It's been worth our time and our effort and our energy in making something that's professional, that shows how much God loves people. It's about finding yourselves in this time. It's about finding yourselves in what you're good at. For me, being on the board is a passionate thing because it gives me that opportunity for you to find out who you are and what God has for you. It's about giving you the space to be who you are. Being part of the AV team for me is being able to give my skills to help enable people to have a closer connection to God. The AV team is a wonderful group of people who do a variety of roles during a regular service. These range from things that you see on a Sunday, from setting up and operating for sound and visual equipment, to things that happen behind the scenes before and after the service, which involve making sure the weekly PowerPoint is ready for a Sunday evening, to editing and uploading the podcast. Recently, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the nature of the stuff the team does has changed. This includes editing and producing for weekly service and uploading it so it's ready on a Sunday evening, to helping making sure that we have an effective communication structure, such as in maintaining our social media presence alongside our usual jobs outside the service, such as PowerPoint for PowerPoint and podcast. One of the Bible quotes that come to mind when I think of the AV team is a parable of the sower from Luke's Gospel. It's about a farmer that sows their seed far and wide. Some of the seeds land in rough ground and don't grow, but there are seeds that land in fresh soil and prosper. In this time of change, We decided to throw our seeds out far and wide by utilising technology to reach out and stay connected as a church family. During lockdown, we have reached over 200 people just through our YouTube channel. We've grown our church family via WhatsApp group and enabled people to stay part of our family through still making our service available as a podcast and now producing DVDs for those who cannot access the service online. So I want to thank God for enabling us to be able to reach out where we haven't been able to before and to offer our thanks for all the wonderful people who make up the AV team. Amen. Thank you to everyone who has taken time to share their faith and their experiences. Let us pray together. Loving God, 
we thank you for all those who have served and those who continue to serve your people at Northern Lights. The welcome team, those who make tea and coffee, those who prepare the church, those who tidy up after our services are over, the sacristans, the music team, readers, leaders, preachers, and all those who lead us in communion. We thank you for the pastoral team, the board and the worship team. We thank you especially for every individual who show Christ to the world through their kindness, their work, or by the light of their faith. I'd like to invite everybody who's taken part just to put their hands out, palms up. I will pray that God blesses you and anoints you. Lord God, as you clothed your prophets of old with your spirit and empowered them to proclaim your kingdom, so now pour out your Holy Spirit on all who are taken part in our service. Strengthen them in the work you are calling them to do. In the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen. Thank you. As the body of Christ, we come before God to intercede for the world, the church, and all our needs. The response to our prayers is, in faith and in love, we bring our prayers to you. Our world is being ripped apart by conflict, inequality, racism, poverty and greed. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Let us pray that as followers of Christ, we may be moved to sow seeds of love where there is hatred, peace where there is conflict, generosity where there is poverty, and unity in the face of inequality. In faith and love, we bring our prayers to you. We hold before God all those around the world affected by COVID-19, especially those countries with inadequate healthcare provision. Let us pray that leaders do not see any human life as expendable and that a cure be discovered soon. In faith and love, we bring our prayers to you. We pray for the church. May the Christian church be a living witness to the gospel of Jesus. One voice that cries out for justice and equality for all people. In faith and in love, we bring our prayers to you. We pray for Northern Lights. As we celebrate our year of renewal, we pray that all those who are involved in ministry be renewed and affirmed in their calling by the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
We pray that we, as a church, be open to the movement of the Spirit wherever she leads us. In faith and in love, we bring our prayers to you. We ask for the courage to be a church that is challenged by the Lord. May we have the courage to listen and with hearts of love say, here I am. In faith and in love, we bring our prayers to you. We hold before God those who have asked our prayers, those in our book of intentions and those who have requested prayers this week. We continue to pray for Ron's sister who has completed her first round of chemotherapy. We pray for Felicia who is seeking healing and a day to go into hospital. We pray for Michael Hanley, who died suddenly and was buried this week. In faith and love, we bring our prayers to you. If you have a candle, you may wish to light it now, as we remember all those who have been affected by HIV and AIDS. Carers, relatives, those who have lost loved ones, and those who continue to live with the illness. We are painfully aware that for many, this illness is made worse in some countries because of the cost or unavailability of medicines and medical provision. We light a candle with faith that one day people's hearts will be turned to helping their brothers and sisters instead of monetary gain. In faith and in love, we bring our prayers to you. And knowing that we are spiritually united, we bring our own prayers to mind, knowing that each one of us are praying for us and with us, in faith and in love, we bring our prayers to you. And together we say the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And together we say the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. My friends, and brothers and sisters, go with the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a good week, everyone. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, 
you can find us on social media or visit our website northernlightsmcc.org.uk.